Great. Welcome to the latest episode of the More Than Code podcast. Uh, today, I'm super excited to have Zach Ingalls here with me. Zach, how's it going? It's going well, thank you. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Getting settled down here in Georgia. Nice, nice. Which I guess um, you, uh, you recently moved as well. Where are you at now? Uh, I'm in Wales right now. Um, I moved from Malaysia uh, back to Wales, which is nice. It um, wasn't completely my choice. I think, you know, the situation we're all in right now has dictated we have to do some things we don't necessarily want to do, uh, such as moving. But it's really beautiful, very rainy. I'm happy to be back. Nice. Are you from Wales or where are you from? I'm from around the UK. My parents are Scottish. I was born in London, and then I moved to the southwest, uh, a place called Devon, which I guess you could say is the Iowa of the UK, sort of all farming. But Wales is I've got the most affinity for. It's got the city, the sea, and the countryside all on your doorstep, which I think you can understand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. We actually just drove down to the beach for like just the day this past weekend because it's nice. a couple hours away, and that was like, Super nice to be able to do right for mental health right now in these yes. COVID times. Yes, yeah, it's. I'm living by the water right now, and it's just so calming. Yeah, awesome. So, tell us a little bit about what you do for those that don't know. Right, uh, yourself, superhero studios, the whole story. So, um, I run a two-person uh, studio with my best friend, who I live with, and uh, we've been doing that for six years now. I'm a designer and a developer. I've had successful career in both over the years. I think I've been doing it for around about 20 years now. A mix- mixture of things. I, I tend to stick to design mostly nowadays. And uh, my uh, business partner, Laura, she, she tends to do the development. Um, but it's, it's, it's sort of, I'm grateful for knowing both. It means that I can foresee the problems coming before they come and stuff like that. It's very cool. I think that's pretty rare, right? Do you feel like you're stronger in one area or the other, or um, how did that happen? Yes, yes, and no. It's um, I feel like overall I was weaker for being a generalist rather than being focused. However, having had you know two decades in this industry, I've I've got to where I want to finally. So it was a slower start. But I think I'm stronger for it now. Um, it's it's been good with work. It's um, being able to build yourself out as both means clients can feel a bit more relaxed, knowing that you you know you you can communicate with the rest of the team. Makes sense, right? when I've done consulting, I always have to be pretty you know upfront. Mm-hmm. I can make it work, but I have no idea if it's going <laughs> to look good. Like, it's not going to look good, right? So that is always a hindrance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having having the smallest bit of knowledge about it is it's always helpful. Nice. Um, so you're in Wales. Is your family nearby, or where's your family nowadays? Uh, my family are all in London, but um, despite loving big cities like Kuala Lumpur and New York, London just isn't for me personally. And so I, I'm out here. Um, it's yeah, not as expensive and not as stressful. Excellent. Yeah, my um. My, my my brothers um, all live there, my nephew and niece and stuff. So um, unfortunately, not getting to see them much, but uh, chatting every day. Oh, that's good. Pretty close to them. Yeah, very very close to them. Um, 
I, I'm, I personally am not somebody who wants kids, but having a nephew and niece is perfect for that. I can hand them back and, and get on with other things. Yeah, I like it. So you were in Malaysia for a while, and now you're, yes. you're back. But how was the experience of being in Malaysia for you? So I originally moved to Malaysia uh, the first time 15 years ago. My ex-fiance was from Malaysia, and we would um, we'd transfer back. We'd go, we'd go back and forth between America and Malaysia. And I missed it. I missed the food and I missed the people. And it's ridiculously beautiful, like the jungle everywhere, even in the city. Um, and so I was super happy to go back. Um, I made sure to stock up on all the food that I missed over, over the years. Um, I miss, I miss it still every day. It's one of those things. So I think the grass is always greener. No matter where you are, you'll always miss something from the other side. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling that like winter to west and the lack of travel right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How long were you in Malaysia this time? Uh, this time, uh, a couple of years, so two years. Um, I was had a base in Malaysia, and I travel around Asia and go to Thailand and stuff like that. I was very, very fortunate to be able to do that um, with my, how I work and my work schedule. So to tr- try to decompress, I would then go to a beach island and I'd go diving. And that was my um, sort of present to myself for working hard. I like it. What does uh, what does diving do for you? Is it meditative? Is it just uh, uh, is it physical? Like, sell me on it, give me a pitch. Okay, so diving is the only place in the world where I do not think, where my brain does not run at 150 miles an hour. I I go under the water and I'm just blank and it's yeah, it's like a med- it's like meditation. I just feel relaxed and chill, and nothing else worries me except watching out for, f- for fish um i being under I, I, i'm a water baby just being in the water makes me happy yeah there is something uh, just really special about water mm-hmm. uh, do you get to dive where you're at now in wells or is that not a thing there um there are diving um experiences here like going to the quarry the water's freezing it's not great um visibility so not really. Um, when it when this all opens up again, who knows when? I'll go diving again and I'll travel travel to do so because it's very important to me. I mean, I've got my whole left arm is tattooed with underwater scene um, because of what it means to me. Awesome, love the tattoo by the way. Thank That's you. Love picture of it. So you mentioned uh, it wasn't a big deal to be in Malaysia with the way you work. What is that way you work, right? Um, I would especially think working with clients, the time zones could be weird, but how do you manage that? Okay, so I have a very weird sleep pattern, and it doesn't matter where I live in the world, my body naturally pushes towards it. I have a delayed circadian rhythm, so I, um, my body is always pushing me to sleep a little, little bit later every day. And so um, I've, done, I've, done a dark, I've done a chart once, and it, it just goes diagonally down as my sleep pattern so i tend to tend to stay up at night uh till 7 or 8 a.m and then go to sleep and i like it because there's no one else around with me and i can just focus on whether it's you know work or or video games or whatever i want to do personally um and and because there's such a culture for eating food at random times of the day so because it's a Muslim majority country, their drinking is not 
uh, as strong as the US or UK. And so you can go get tea at midnight or at 2 a.m. And that's a very normal thing to do. People go and watch soccer at uh, 3 a.m. in the morning because that's when it's on and stuff like that. So it's, there's lots to be, lots to do, and it fits into my sort of lifestyle like that. I think. It's cool that you're able to uh, just honor that rhythm, right? So a lot of people have to force themselves to work certain hours regardless of what their body wants to do. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think I'm, I, I work for myself because there's not the expectations with client work. I, um, I tend to run off and do the projects by myself. I tend to be very, very hands off, which is one of the things that I, I sell myself for, um, where they can just say, Hey, I want this, this website done. Here's your, here's your brief. Off you go. And I think that's why it works so well. I try to keep meetings down to a minimum. I think we've all worked jobs or with clients where every day there's a couple of meetings. You just, you lose the productivity and no one really wins from that. Does that get isolating though? Kind of working by yourself at night most of the time? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah. Does that get isolating working by yourself at night? Yes. Um, but in a good way. Um, my work schedule sort of splits up where I'll do a few hours in the evening when Laura's about, when she's doing her work. And then I will do a few hours later when I'm by myself. And that way, if I need any questions answered, I can, I can get them answered. I, I can get help, but then I can just focus it at night. And I'd rather focus strongly for two hours than work for four or five hours where I'm not getting anything done because I'm getting distracted. Definitely makes sense. Easy to have focus time when everyone else is asleep, right? Exactly. Exactly. So the hardest question, are you a Star Wars person or a Star Trek person? This is, this is a, it's a hard question to answer. I, I'm, I'm both, but if I have to pick, uh, I'd pick Star Trek. Star Wars is about fighting evil, and I like that side of it. But Star Trek is about individuality and about kindness and compassion and finding your own way in with friends. And I think um, it's, it's more about uplifting each other rather than fighting an evil. And I like that aspect, personally. I like the kindness. Yeah. All right. Um, so we talked a little bit before we started about your ridiculous monitor. But yes. for those listening, tell us a bit about your, your current work from home setup. What does it look like? Um, I have, yeah, I have a giant monitor, as you mentioned. It's a 49 inch super ultra wide. So it's like having three screens without the bezels. Um, and I use that for um, putting four different things on, the, on my screen at once. So when I'm designing, I'll have multiple libraries open um, and the wireframes up and stuff like that. Um, maybe if I'm feeling it, I'll have Netflix up on the side. Um, and when I'm coding, I'll have my terminal and my code editor and output and stuff like that. And I think for me, that really, really, really works. Um, otherwise, I've been experimenting a lot in the last few years about what, um, what sort of computer to use. Um, I've used Mac a lot over the years and I do still sometimes for programming because other than, uh, Ubuntu, it's been the mo most reliable uh, development environment for me. Um, but I spend most of my time on Windows because I, I, I mean, I video game as well. So I have a nice computer. So I spend majority of my time on Windows. 
Are you driving this ridiculous monitor with Windows, or can you drive it from the Mac as well? I can drive. I can drive it with both, but um, yeah, often often Windows. I've, I'm just waiting on my new graphics card to update my computer. I'm going to do the full water cooling, um, oh. which will be which will be a fun experiment. Water awesome. and computer. Water and computers is always a fun mix. Yeah. Uh, so, what is your approach been with work life balance? Um, how do you how do you find balance in your life? Um, I'm. This is something I care a lot about. I. How do I find it? Is 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 a hard question because I don't know if I can say I do find it. I try to, and I I topple one way and then topple the other. I think that's something a lot of us a lot of us probably feel. I um I try to take it slow. I try to build myself out as um quality over quantity. So I will I try to take on uh shorter jobs where I can just really delve deep into them and then I'll t- try to take a break. And I try to work in that sort of um in that sort of pattern where just I'm I'm very conscious about burning out. Um I've burnt out a few times and anyone who has burnt out will understand that that doing so you'll lose far more than just a few weeks. And so it, I've got friends who've burnt out years ago and still are feeling the effects at least a little bit. And so for me, I'll work solidly. I'll even work weekends. I don't recommend it for anyone else, but for me, I'll work solidly for weekends in a couple of weeks and then I'll take a week or two off. And that's my sort of rhythm. And it, it means so, yeah. Um, do you think burnout is inherent to computer science or to programming, or do you think it happens in other fields as well? Um, I think it's just inherent in sort of in goal oriented businesses where you have large goals that people have to meet. I mean, the video game industry is inherently bad for it. The video game industry eats people up and then and then leads them to sort of burn out themselves. Um, for me, I think this industry, I just think this industry is not good at dealing with it. I think, I think we set big goals for ourselves and we see big companies producing big projects where it's not really discussed how big of a team that was. And I think we need to, I think that, uh, it's not an inherently tech problem, but it's a problem that tech can probably address better than other, com- other, industries yeah i wonder myself how much just the, the kind of unnatural nature of staring mm-hmm. at screens all day affects yeah. it right? because you if you're working with your hands all day there's kind of the natural feedback loop of mm-hmm. i'm physically too tired to keep doing this thing yeah and you really don't have that with screens right it's more the mental exhaustion that kind of builds up over time yeah yeah for sure i think i think that's a very good point uh so what can people learn from poker okay so this is a this is a hard thing to talk about without sounding too boring so i'll try but there's a concept in poker called ev which is expected value and that is when um if all things normalize wouldn't you what you expect in return for a dollar so to be plus ev is to say if i do this it won't work out every time but in the long term it should average that i make 20 cents extra on my dollar that's a positive thing and I personally look at life, I look at business opportunities like that. I say, sure, it might not work out every time, but if I can, 
unfortunate enough, if I spend this amount of money, I should um, get a positive return in that way. And I, I, I think I do it with opportunities too, outside of money. I say, well, this is not going to give me anything in return this time, but it will do in if I do multiples of it. It should all eventually come back to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, Sounds similar to trading, right? Like one yes. thing, trading really just ingrained in me, which I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think I've learned any other way. Is just process with your outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Like your outcomes might vary due to randomness, but if your process is consistent and good, mm-hmm. then you'll have a good expected value over time. Exactly. I mean, it's it's for me, it's a good way of understanding risks and how, in theory, and I, I use in theory in quotation marks. Short-term failure doesn't make that huge of a dent to long-term plans. That um, I think that's an, I think that again, yes, it's risk and knowing that um, if you if you can take a few risks that and some of them do work out, it it's a way of it's a way of understanding whether or not that those risks were worth it. All right, you heard it here. Everyone, go play poker. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I love poker a lot, but it's 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 made me very um fearful of any amount of percentage. Even you know, ninety nine percent chance to win does not mean you're gonna win, and it doesn't feel like it. It does not feel like ninety nine percent. It feels like twenty percent when you when when you're actually in the moment. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> Uh, so how did you get into tech and uh, what jobs did you have before tech? So I, I was sitting at, um, I was sitting at home, was bored. So I went to, um, the, uh, I went to the shops to buy a magazine to, to read. And I saw on the shelf a disc for Macromedia Flash 3, a demo disc. And I was like, I'll find out what that is and I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. And I took it home and I made some terrible cartoons. I think, I think this is a path for a lot of people. Um, and I made animations and stuff like that. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I, no one else was seeing them except for me. Um, and then I looked online for other people who were in the creative industry. And I ended up building a, a forum with a friend, um, an art forum. And that was sort of just it. I, I didn't like school. Um, I'm not somebody who works in academic conditions. I'm not somebody who thrives. So for me, I I ended up sort of dropping out of school a bit and just working on the, this because I enjoyed it. And before long, it was just part of me and part of who I am. Um, during college times, I did try to try a few different jobs just to see if you know, what else there was. I um, I did tele-sales during college, something I'm not very proud of because it was not a fun job, uh, having to disturb people. Um, I... I don't think anyone in the world has gone, I'm so happy I do telesales, but it was, it was a job to get me through college. Um, I, I briefly worked, um, doing, uh, CAD design, um, for a company that made timber frame houses. And so I would turn the architect's drawings into a plan for the, for the, for the builders and workers to produce, um, the walls, uh, to then ship prefab houses. And that was fun. I can't say I was good at it. Um, and I'm glad I no longer do that. But it was an interesting job. 
It seems like it would be rewarding, right? Because your your digital thing turns into a physical thing at the end. I never got to see the thing at the end. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was it. Really, I just I've been lucky enough to do justice mostly. It's awesome. How has um, having ADHD affected your life? Um, it's a hard thing to answer considering I don't know what it's like without ADHD. Um, but um, I I'm not great at organizing, and I know that's something everyone struggles with, whether they have ADHD or not. Um, so one of the reasons I teamed up with my best friend is she's great at organizing in lists. Um, I find it hard to focus and often sometimes things like overstimulation help me focus. So that's why I watch YouTube or TV while I'm working, because that can help me go back and forth, darting from one side to the other to the other. And it keeps me focused. I, so I tend to work in small doses rather than. Uh, long continuous patterns. And I think people in offices tend to do this without realizing too anyway, because I think, you know, when you're in an office, you'll tend to like talk to somebody next to you or you'll ask questions or you'll go to meetings. But I try to, I try to replicate short bursts at home. Um, it's the rest of my life has been, um, it's just been a, it's been a very continuous circle to trying to focus and, finding small things that work. Um, and it's probably one of the reasons why my sleep pattern's so strange. Uh, it's, it sort of is what it is. It, it, I don't, I don't notice it, but I suspect my business partner notices it far more and she has to rein me in and, and, and kick, 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 kick my button, tell me to, to focus. Yeah. Maybe I should ask her that question. <laughs> Indeed. How does Zach AD affect your life? <laughs> Uh, I think she'll have a lot to say. <laughs> so I hear you're a sandwich aficionado. I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, like uh, I, uh, yes, yes, I, I love sandwiches. Who, I, I don't trust anyone who doesn't. What is your favorite sandwich? That's a hard question. So there's, if we're talking about sandwiches in whole, um, the Cuban sandwich with plantains from Sophie's in New York's financial district. I don't know if you've had that one, but it's like an amazing Cuban, like with a giant plantain throughout. It's fantastic. If we talk about what I make, um, something called Hazlitt, which is, uh, I guess you could say, herby bologna, um, cheese, mayo, English mustard, pickles, and uh, crisps or chips, whichever you want to call it, for the, for the crunch. That, that's, that's, that's my sandwich. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked you this before I had lunch. <laughs> This is good. Um, yeah. All right. So, what inspired you to organize HyperConf? So, HyperConf, there was a couple of the story and what inspired me are, are slightly different. But I came back from BuildConf in Northern Ireland, and I realized there was a lot of um, a lot of the speakers were people I hadn't heard before, and I had realized that I was getting bored with the local scene because they were. They kept using the same speakers over and over again because they were seasoned professionals and they, they knew how to do it. And it was it was an easy no risk solution. And I wanted some I wanted something different. People I hadn't heard before, people who um, had different opinions and people who came from different backgrounds. And so I realized that I um, I decided rather than complaining about it for the fifth time, 
I should just do something about it myself. I, I wasn't going to change anything by saying that it was frustrating me. Um, so I wanted a really welcoming space as well. I wanted somewhere that felt like a community run going to watch lectures. Um, and so as, as, as someone who is a designer and developer, I wanted, a, I wanted the combination of the two to come together. I've worked with many clients where there's been a disconnect between the teams. The reality is we're all problem solving in our own ways. And it's, we're all working towards the same goals. So being able to share each other's language, being able to share each other's understanding and frustrations and celebrations is much more of a positive thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to get people together to say, Hey, look, you know, you say you hate developers because they make your life hard and they don't, they don't fix your designs properly. Or, Hey, you say you hate designers because they're just trying to make your life hard by making complicated things. The reality is you're just both trying to do the best you can. And so I went to my best friend and said, look, I want to build this conference and I want it to be grand. I want it to be five days. I want it to be this. She's like, you get two days and I'll help you. So that's what we, that's, that's what we ended up with. Um, uh, yeah, it was such a wonderful experience. I generally don't recommend running a conference to people. Um, I, we ran it for four years and I can tell you after every single day of those four years, I went somewhere, I sat down and I cried from over emotion, just, just from absolute, not, not stress or upset, but just everything finally coming out. We'd, we'd work for seven months of the year, um, on this project, not knowing if we were going to make any money. And over the four years, we didn't, we, we, we roundabout broke even every year. Um, but we made, it feels very, self-aggrandizing to say we made a difference in people's lives but we did we did make it and we we helped bring people together we know, i know friends who are best friends with each other because of the conference i know couples um from the conference i know people who who um generally feel stronger from it and that was what really rewarded us um trying to be in a small way making a difference in people's lives um in the world, I think there is uh, six or seven uh, hybrid conf tattoos um, from from people who came and felt like it made a difference, myself included, um, who decided to permanently put it on themselves. And it's uh, it's a reminder that we did it. It's what I'm going to be most proud of on my deathbed. I mean, monetarily, we didn't make any money. Um, we lost money. It cost a lot of money to to put it on for ourselves. But I have zero regrets. I, it was a lot of fun. I think the tattoos speak a lot, right? I've never once considered getting a tattoo for a conference I went to. Exactly. Um, we, 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 yeah, it's in, in this industry, it's a, it can be very isolating, as you mentioned earlier about isolation, especially when you work online and having an outlet for people that is safe and full of good people was, was what made it what it is. I, the, as corny as it is, the people who came made it what it is. Yeah, that's awesome. So several projects now, you work very closely with Laura Sanders. Mm-hmm. How, is that, how is that working so closely with your best friend? Is it good for a friendship? Is it bad? Uh, of course, don't get yourself in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, it's great. Um, living and working with your best friend can come become strenuous um 
but giving it some time for it to equalize out has made it has made us a dream team. I, I'm really grateful that I get to work with her. Um, you have to, I feel like you have to set expectations and boundaries early and say, this is work time. This is, you know, this is what's acceptable in work. This is, you know, off time. This is fi- This is what's acceptable off time. And being able to say, if you think the other person's slacking off or if you think the other person needs some help, it's really um, good to have that communication already there to be able to say, hey, look, I'm struggling right now. Could you help me with this? And I think it's harder to do when it's purely a professional relationship. Or um, We also know what, what's going on in each other's lives a lot more. And so if somebody is a little bit grumpy, we know why. I mean, we may be the source of that, but that's another another thing. Um, we we both know how each other's minds work. We both know we both know whether you know my ADHD, if um, and so forth. And we, so it, it's really handy to have that have that in place. Um, I I like it. I think it can break a friendship, um, and I think it's we've had several. Um, times where it's it's been hard, but I think it's been worth it for sure. Sounds like that would be um, a fun way to live, right? Be able to work that closely with yeah. your best friend. Um, yeah, uh, it helps because we um, we both know when we want to take holidays as well. Like we can both take holidays together, and so there's no uh, scheduling issues and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I I, rec- I don't know if I recommend people try it. But if people are lucky enough to be in the situation, um, I think it's a good thing. So it's pretty much impossible to discuss mental health and what we're mm-hmm. on left brain without talking about the current environment with COVID. Yep. So how has COVID affected your life and how are you holding up with your mental health? Um, so <laughs> that's such a, a long-winded answer, I'm sure. Um, I moved because... COVID affected my ability to get a visa and so forth. Um, and I was going out, you know, Kuala Lumpur is a massive city. It's absolutely huge. It's, um, and I was going out with friends um, several times a week, going out for trying a new amazing food place, drinks. Um, friends were coming to visit from around the world. And then suddenly, of course, it happened and everything went dead. And it was weird for me because it was a time in my life where for once I wasn't a homebody. Usually I can spend months alone and be happy. Um, but I was starting to, starting to just enjoy living in a big city, as I'm sure you, you know, living in New York, you've, 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 you know, the one I'm talking about. Um, and despite the fact that I'm happy living by myself, um, for weeks and like not seeing people, the moment I'm told I, I'm not to, and the expectation is on me not to. I get resentment, of course. And I, I've, um, I've, I've been out once since the whole thing started, just to see some, so, some friends and socially distance coffee. And it's, I think everyone can relate to this. It's kind of hard to, to relearn how to socially interact. It's as if you've never seen other people before. And for me, and like, I don't know all the correct, the correct ways to to be human anymore to, with other people around. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it all being over one day. I think as we all are. Um, but it was 
it's been tough. I, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I'm not an extrovert. I, I suspect extroverts are struggling the most right now. Um, as an introvert, I'm happy. I made sure to uh, carry on with my therapist um, to chat every week. I've got a therapist from New York, which is a fantastic sort of like, um, I use like an online service. We chat every week. And honestly, I've been, I've been okay. I've, I've been doing better than a lot of people, I think. Good to hear. Thank you. A <laughs> uh, little lighter topic. What is the favorite thing you've ever worked on or ever shipped? Um, I would be amiss to not say hybrid, obviously. Um, but otherwise, there's been a quite a few things we've, we've done recently that's been, made me happy. We worked on a project. Um, we've been working on projects that have been like books, but online. And that includes actual books. We, we did a bunch of books designs for um gather content and that was a lot of fun i really enjoy trying to make something long-winded and hard to read into something that's very beautiful and easy to consume i mean we all know the difference between reading between uh having a bad reading experience and a good reading experience on online um whether it's just typography or or, or, or something similar and i think trying to help people consume content and help the authors show off their work in the best lights has really was really fun. Uh, is there anything you're struggling with right now? Um, right now I have just got a dog about five weeks ago and I, I'd, I'd always grown up with dogs, but I've never had one of my own. Uh, and my regime has obviously had to change having to walk all the time, as, as you well know. Um, having a uh, yappy, he's not really yappy, but he's, he's boisterous little, um, thing constantly relying on me and trying to make sure that he's happy all the time has been a, has been an interesting change. I, I'm used to no, no one else relying on me throughout the day, sort of friends and so forth, but like no real dependence. And it's, uh, that's, that's, it's been a fun challenge. How is he adapting to your sleep schedule? So because Laura has a normal sleep schedule, he there's a dark room always for him at nighttime. So he can go off it. But if he wants to come to, the, to see me, he, he can do so. And he'll often be sitting next to me snoring um, very loudly. He's, he's a very happy dog. He's a very, very happy dog. We, we, we look after him and he, I think he knows it. Um, the, the big struggle for me was, no, was noise. So we got a Frenchie. And Frenchies have airway problems. So snoring is constant, awake or sleep. And I'm somebody who likes my quiet. Um, I don't regret it at all. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, it's been five weeks and I already adore him. I would, I, I would do anything for him. So no regrets at all. Uh, dogs are great. You probably won't even notice the snoring soon. I, I, I'm hoping. He, he's not sleeping in my bedroom anytime soon, but. What do you do for fun away from the computer, either now or pre-apocalypse? <laughs> um, I do a couple of things. So technically away from the computer, I like to build computers for fun. Um, but I do Lego. I'm a huge fan of Lego, I think. Um, it's easy to, as an adult, to be confused why another adult would play with Lego. But there's something really beautiful about building um, complex structures that somebody else has designed. 
And a lot, a lot of Lego have really intricate architecture. One of their latest sets ha- is a piano that works, a small little piano that works. Or I have a the Mario um, TV that you you rotate and, it, and the picture spins around and stuff like that. And watching in the same way with the web, watching you something you built come to life is amazing. Watching something that's already prescribed for you that somebody smarter than you or more creative than you has built is a really really enjoyable experience and i think that every, I, I feel like every adult should at least try it before they before they come to their conclusions about whether adults with lego is it is a weird thing or not um i said i play, play poker um i like woodworking a lot and i've not been able to do it for a while but having that physical tangible thing that you build in your hands and having to adapt as things go wrong or right and having a, I think in this industry, when we create websites, we, we know they're going to last for anywhere between a month and a couple of years. And that tends to be it. Having a physical representation that we can see every day that we actually use is a very rewarding experience. All right. So this section is what is your production function? I, I steal this from Tower Cohen. So the idea behind <laughs> this question is what makes Zach unique? What pushes Zach to, to do what you've accomplished or mm-hmm. to be who you are, right? And mm-hmm. so what is it that drives you? Um, I want... How deep do you want to go? <laughs> as deep as you want to. So when I was in my 20s, I was told that I was going to die by the time I was 30. And that changed a lot of my um, opinions and my views on my life. I, there was a couple of routes I could have gone down. I could have decided that I'm just going to enjoy myself um, or I'm going to work solidly and try to make a name for myself with what time I had. I, not, neither of those worked for me. I liked both of those in some way or another. I, I wanted to make the world a better place. I wanted to make positive change to the world more than when I came in. And we talked about this EV plus stuff earlier. And I wanted, I wanted the world to be a more positive, stronger, better place for everybody. Um, and I wanted to, and I wanted to enjoy myself and build cool things while I did it. Um, I don't mind if I'm remembered or not. Um, that doesn't drive me. So like, I totally understand if that, you know, that drives some people, legacies and so forth. For me, I don't mind if I'm remembered just as long as the ripples of branch out and uh, help other people. Um, the ripples of change is interesting. I Sometimes I'm anxious that it's a losing battle that, that while for every strong-willed, passionate people, there is also people who are apathetic or don't believe the same things. Um, there's massive companies doing, uh, getting more massive, not necessarily building positive things in the world, but I don't want to stop even with that involved. I, I think that if I can make a few more people's lives better then if they, if they can get the same sort of idea and make a few more people's lives better, I guess pay it forward is, is, is a very simple explanation, but I, um, I hope that I, I hoped that my the work that I did and the things that I and the the way I behaved could 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 do that. I found out that I wasn't going to die eventually, 
which was which was always a nice nice thing to hear. Um, but I sort of kept that kept that up, and I've all, I've sort of tried to stay along that lines of if I can do some good, that's the most important thing. That's great. All right, so let's wrap this up with: uh, Are there any games or books you would recommend? I know you're a pretty avid video game player, right? So I'm a good, good video game player. Like everyone else, I'm playing Among Us quite a bit right now. I'm a huge fan of Werewolf, and I, as one of my ways of playing with friends and talking to friends, I play that every day with my friend with, with, a, with a close group of people. Um, Factorio is a big one I recommend to everybody, especially programmers or people who are, have an interest in programming, because it teaches you that you. The big overwhelming tasks aren't bigger and overwhelming if you focus on the small individual bits. So you make a small part of the task and then another small part of the task and so forth. And before, before you know it, you have this behemoth pr- of production chains that you, you hadn't realized you could possibly build by yourself. And I think programming is very much the same. If you look at the project as a whole, it's scary. If you go to the small individual parts, it, and it will build up to what you want it to be. Um, I and for books, I'm a huge fan of um, of Terry Pratchett, but I tend to read nonfiction. And the latest book I enjoyed uh, was a book called Diary of a Bookseller, and it was a guy who lives in Scotland who ran a dusty old bookshop, and he um, it was li- his literal diary turned into a book, and he's grumpy and he he's all the things you expect from a from a Scottish uh, bookseller, and it's fantastic. Um, it's well worth a read as as a light way of um, passing the time. All right, thanks so much for joining me, Zach. This was a great conversation. Thank you.